0: Welcome to my OT Journey podcast. Today, I'm joined with Melissa Tilton, who's an OTA. Um, she has her bachelor's and she's a CODA. She also has her. She's on the roster of honors, which and I learned is today. Is similar to my know, drive to work, a fellow one fellow in thought, AOTA. How could I promote so unity between OT and OTA and OTA students? Melissa is a how could I foster community and leadership skills rehab. and promote our, our amazing faculty at North welcome to my journey podcast. OTA program? Well, welcome, Melissa.
1: Hi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So I want to
0: thank you so much for joining our podcast, and thank you for agreeing to be interviewed. You know, I find you so interesting, um, you know, through, I don't know you personally, but even through, you know, your Facebook page and following you through Facebook, you are doing so much in terms of OTA advocacy, and I find that is so amazing. But before we talk about that, let's just talk about how you came to this career? What was, you know, how did you decide to be an OTA? Um, you know, what was your schooling like bringing you up to that point?
1: Sure, sure. So I, um, I really did not know anything about occupational therapy when I was in high school. Um, I was very fortunate as a kid. My father was career Air Force, so we moved all around. Um, my family's from Boston, where I live now, but my parents retired in Maine. Um, so I was 13 at the time didn't really know anybody. I have two older sisters who quickly left Maine to go back to California. And I got a job working at a summer camp with my aunt, an aunt that I had never met really my entire life. Um, and I moved up there with her until my parents got there and worked at this summer camp on the waterfront, which is just a really wonderful place, I think, to spend your summers as a teenager, um, mm-hmm. and teaching swim lessons. And I worked with these two ladies, um, both who were going to school to be one a PT and one an OT. And it was just really through casual conversation, you know, getting to know them both, spending time with them. You know, in the summer when you work at a day camp, you're there all hours um, on the bus ride there, on the bus ride back. Um, We were a really close family, so we all did dinner, things like that together. And as they just both started to talk to me a little bit about it, I thought I would look into it. And at that time, this was Central Maine, there was a brand new occupational therapy assistant program opening and it had not been accredited um and you know knowing what i know today uh, you know if i had known it back then um 25 years ago i think i would have been a little bit more anxious about going um just understanding the accreditation process but it was a brand new program and i had really thought i wanted to be a special education teacher Mm -hmm. um i i got married right out of high school So I wasn't going to go to school and stay, you know, and sleep in the dorms, that kind of stuff. Um, But I found out about this program through these two ladies um, Mm -hmm. and started to investigate it a little bit and applied and feel very, very fortunate uh, that I was accepted into the second class there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And and it was different, you know, being right out of high school. And you knew you wanted to be an OTA and not an OT? I, I did that just fit for me, and it still does to this day. Um, mm-hmm. You know I've been an OTA for twenty five years now, and i I, I wouldn't want to be an Ot. Um, I always explain to people that's not who I am. It's not in my soul, it's not in my heart. It's not a better than, it's not a less than. It's not a is someone smart or not smart. OTA is how my brain works in my everyday life. Um, right. You know how I lead my team. It just really, it makes sense for me. Um, And so I never had that desire. As I've gone back to school, I'm in grad school right now, Uh I never had the desire to go back to school to be an OT. I feel very complete and very fulfilled in my role as an OTA.
0: I think that's great. And, you know, I think that so many people, like, it's amazing to hear you say that because I think for so many people, they'd be like, what? Is she crazy? Like, what is she talking about? But right. You have to go with what speaks to you. And obviously, you know, being an OTA really speaks to you. I mean, you've done an amazing job in your career, and you continue to do so. So, you know, you really have to do what what feels right for you. And I, I think that's, you know, it's an amazing thing that OTA may not be the goal. That's not the ultimate goal for everyone. The goal right. is the OTA. And I think that's fine and amazing. I mean, I worked with so many OTAs in my own career that have been, you know, so experienced and, you know, so amazing in their practice. And just mm-hmm. amazing colleagues. So I think that that's a you know it's a great thing to share.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: talk about yeah yeah. Can you talk about um you know what area of practice you went into and how your career evolved from that point?
1: Um sure. So when I was in OTA school, I thought hundred percent I'm going to work in pediatrics. Um, mm. and you know and I've never worked a moment in pediatrics in my oh, entire wow. career. Yeah. I I don't. I don't know what I would do, probably. Um, you know, you go through your field works and you get out there and you take your first job, and I fell in love it, with the geriatric population. Um, it fits me the way being an OTA does. Um, there is something about the stories and the lives and uh, the experiences and just that opportunity to have that connectedness um, mm-hmm. to someone who's older than me. So for the majority of my career, I have, I have worked in skilled nursing long-term care. I did take a little hiatus um, back when PPS hit all of us um, and, and the world kind of changed, very similar to the world we're in right now. Um, and I went and did a little bit of mental health. I worked in a brain injury day program. And I, I loved all of those. They just they weren't the final place for me. But I was able to kind of have that moment in life where I was like, oh, my skill set to do transfer over, you know, that this core of what I've learned is so applicable. So I've been very fortunate um, to to work with, you know, the aging adult, productive aging population pretty much my entire career. Wow. Um,
0: You know, that's definitely interesting how we go through OT school thinking that we have one career path in mind and then it just (laughs) falls into something else. That's great. Right. That's really, really good. I see. I mean, you, you've done so much work for advocacy and in terms of, like, you know, allowing um, OTAs to have a voice and to be um, voting
1: members. Um, what was that experience yes. like for you? Oh, yeah. So when I first got out of college, you know, like I said, I, um, my parents moved up to Maine. So I went to OTA school in Maine um, and first started my career there and my kind of volunteerism journey. Yes. And um, I was asked, you know, hey, Melissa, they call me Missy. Um, you yes. know, hey, Missy, come come to a board meeting with me. And Melissa or Missy is totally fine in the world. Yes. Um, and, and I went, and I loved it. And those people are still part of my family, which I think is, you know, just an important nugget to remember that, you know, you have these connections and they're there with you for life. And right. as we're working and, you know, there's board members and, you know, I'm nervous anyways. Geez, I'm an OTA. Do I belong? That whole imposter syndrome thing. Yes. But I start to learn that I wasn't able to vote um, as, you know, the other members were. And Mm -hmm. I was so pleased at how everybody had that aha moment and said, oh, this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we made that change. And still, you know, probably that was probably 23 years ago, that still gives me enough fire to keep going. Um, Uh And it also helps me remember that it's not us versus them. I think sometimes there's this, I don't know what the right word might be, but there's this assumption that it's, you know, OT versus OTA. And and I don't feel that. And I use that example to show, you know, I was the only OTA there. It just happened to be that way. Um, It wasn't about welcoming. And all all of us as an OT family helped to fix this problem and make it right for other people.
0: Right, right, right. No, I think, I, think, I think that's so helpful. And, you know, definitely OTA is a huge part of our profession. And why that, that right. I mean, I would just assume that that was, you know, already done, but I, but I guess it wasn't. And, you know, <laughs> and honestly, I, I, you know, I think it's definitely needed. So, you know, I thank you for that. Um, I also see that you were on the board of directors. You were the actually president of the board of directors, and then now you're, you're the secretary. Um, what was that experience like?
1: Right, right. So here in Mass, where I live now, um, I was involved with our state association, MAOT, and I was able to be state president here um, for two terms, and that was fantastic and scary all at the same time. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's a role that anybody can assume, um, whether an OT or an OTA, that does not matter. But it's something so different than our everyday world, so it was scary because I didn't know everything. I didn't fully understand, you know, nonprofit law. I didn't understand taxes, you know, bylaws. How did we connect with AOTA? Um, but again, you have a team just like at work, and you help each other and you figure these things out. Um, and, and so that was wonderful. I really enjoyed being part of our community here. Being able to keep moving things forward and make changes, but also still stay connected to past presidents and, you know, those who, you know, Karen Heffler is our current state president here. Um, and that, that work is kind of, I think, what helped me feel confident enough to try, you know, national leadership type things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like, you know, this was just meant for you. Like, you you grew into this path, but it was definitely, you know, definitely there um, as part of what, you know, of what your personality and your own set of skills um, we're looking for and would be good at. So, I mean, I thank you so much for for your volunteering in our profession. I mean, I think that's something that so many therapists are either fearful or neglectful of doing is volunteering, and I think it's so important. Um, myself, you know, I also you know started my career not doing any type of volunteer work, and recently I've been um, yeah. On the special interest section, leadership management coordinator for the home and community special interest section, and there's such a value in volunteering. Um, I find, you know, um, uh, you know, until you really experienced it, it's hard to explain. Um, but it's definitely helping others. Mhm. It does. It serves you
1: as well. I mean, absolutely. I think that's such a great point because I think. I've gotten more out of it, you know, uh, more confidence, more ability to you know, try things out that didn't specifically say you have to be an OTA or have a, a little bit more of excitement to learn more about what's going on outside my OTA world. I, I think okay. when you do things like you're doing or myself, it gives you that chance and you start yeah. to see things and that only helps your clients, your team, you know, anybody that you're working with.
0: Right. Can you share with us um, maybe a story of success or a story of failure um, within your practice? Because we all have these stories, um, and I think it's important to share them, you know.
1: I think so, too. Yeah. I think um, so many times I think it's so much easier for us to list out all of our failures, or I like in the beginning how you said, or oh, like a learning opportunity. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> however, you, however you want to, you know, set
0: it, mindset it in your head. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think of kind of two, you know, failures learning opportunities, um, right. both from like regular practice and professional. I think um, from a professional standpoint first, you know, last year was a big learning lesson for me. Um, you know, I, I like to be involved. I always joke and say I don't have children. So volunteerism is kind of what fills that bucket for me <laughs> um, for not for not being able to have kids. Um, right. I know that weirds people out, but it works for my family. Um, right, right but for sure. I, yeah. I had a car accident last year, and ah. I I had to figure out new ways to do things. Um, you know, how do you learn and deal with things from concussion? And it's so funny because I think as, you know, occupational therapy practitioners, we know this stuff, you know. Yeah. I could rattle off things for someone else to do, but I didn't do what was best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily follow the rules. <laughs> You know, follow suggestions in the sense of you don't have to keep saying yes to everybody. And so through that process, um, learning how to, to say no and still feel okay about it. That was, uh, you know, I had to kind of fail before I, I learned that lesson a little bit. Um, and, and grateful for OT community people who helped me go, oh, I'm not so sure, Melissa. you know, <laughs> right, that's not right. the best idea for you. Let's right. modify what you're doing like you do with clients. Right. It's
0: hard to think of it when it's your own self. It's hard, it's hard to
1: get into that, you know, mindset. Right, right. And, you know, when I think about, um, you know, like clinical practice, I always think about, I, I had a scenario where I was working with a client and just had not documented everything that I should have documented, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense yeah. of still learning how to document. And, uh, Well, I don't know if it's a failure or a learning opportunity. It was back in the day where if you had notes that weren't up to, you know, weren't great, and the insurance company, the payer, came back and said, hmm, we're not paying for that, you know, I had to write those letters myself to say, no, this is what I did. (laughs) This is why you should pay for this session. Um, and, And that sticks with me. You know, the process is so different nowadays, so I don't want anyone to be panicky. Right. But that process has stuck with me and empowered me to feel like, you know, one, in my own job as an OTA, I can teach and talk about having documentation that is appropriate. Um, but I can also reassure people that when you make that mistake, it's still okay, you know, right.
0: Right. And,
1: right. and it happens to all of us. Right. Um, and so that, that's one that sticks out for me. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Thank you for sharing that with us. What about any tips that you have for new grads or people
1: that are entering into the profession as OTAs? Oh, good. Um, I, I think, gosh, a couple things. Like my mind starts to go a mile, million miles an hour for that. Um, <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> you know, finding a mentor is so so valuable. Um, and I know, and I recognize that it's really really difficult at times to ask. Um, But, you know, put your feelers out. Ask out there on Community if you're an AOT member. Ask on social media. You know, hey, I'm looking for a mentor because that mentor is going to be different than, you know, your specific job mentor. That person Mm -hmm. is a safe person, a person to talk to, to brainstorm, someone to hold you accountable, to say you've bit off more than you can chew, like slow down there. Um, I, I think that's important. I think being engaged and, you know, with your state, with your national association, and I recognize it's expensive. I do the monthly payment plan myself, Um, it makes life easier. But uh, I didn't realize when I first graduated how powerful those connections were and to be part of something, because there's so many people who are advocating for you and I that I want to be able to contribute. Um, And then I would say finally, to allow yourself, just like we do with our clients, to have those safe failures whatever you need to do to learn from it is what's important and how do you change things moving forward but it's okay to fail and mess up
0: right right for sure for sure and i think it's important for students to know what about um if you were telling an ot student someone that's going to the field as an ot what some advice on how to best work with an ota oh i
1: love this um (laughs) this is something that a few years back, uh, an OT, Iris Lee, and I presented at AOTA on um, Mm -hmm. because she and I got into a little, not an argument, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we're both kind of loud. So it looked like an argument probably about, you know, Melissa, I don't know why you're not an OT. And and we went through this whole process. And I think for an OT who's coming out, you have to look at the situation in a few different, you know, lights. Mm -hmm. You might have a new grad OTA you're partnering with. You might have an experienced OTA. And to recognize both parties are nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think to start with sitting down and looking at the ACOTE standards, I love the interpretive guide for this, Mm -hmm. because it lays out in a really beautiful table, what do I learn? You know, what does an OT learn? And talk through that. And I think that gets a conversation going to show, look at the similarities and then here are the differences.
0: Right. And then
1: I, I think that can also help you know, if you have a, a new OT and a seasoned OTA, that seasoned OTA might want to do some treatments that the OT's not comfortable with. So that's mm-hmm. where you can develop a professional development plan together and, and work as partners um, to increase your skills, to help each other. Um right. so, uh, for me that's always my first little bit of advice um, for new OTA OTs excuse me who are, are coming in and just a little bit nervous. And that uh-huh. just look at what we all learn. And I think that's a great place to start. And from there you could, you know, look at practice acts and understand that. Shadowing each other is a great way, doing an eval together
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that you can see what's going on. You know, having the OTA as part of that process in the beginning could be really valuable as well.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, new, new OTs and even OTs that are just starting to work with the OTAs, they, they freeze in that situation. They don't know what to do. They start it's to panic.
1: Right.
0: It's very helpful, um, you know, the resources that are out there and, you know, this advice as well. And I think they really, you know, should not have that reaction or to, you know, even if they do have that reaction, know what to do in that moment with that reaction. Yeah. You know, how to best deal with that. Because it definitely can, you know, bring anxiety. And, you know, I know myself for, you know, teaching OT students, they're not really sure what to do in that, you know, in that moment. And, you know, every OT is so different, you know, in terms of experience, in terms of personality. And, you know, it's Take a deep breath, and there are resources out there to help <laughs> with it. Uh,
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, Melissa, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about your own journey? I mean, you've done so much, and you've done so much um, in terms of volunteering, advocacy, and poetry. Anything else that you'd like to share? I know you went back to school recently. How's that been for you?
1: It's it's been a transition. I, uh, it's funny you ask. Last night I had this moment. So I, I'm in grad school right now, um, second year, studying organizational leadership, which I, I love, 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 love. It took me a while to figure it out. And last night I had this moment. It was, might seem silly when I say this out loud, but I said to my other half, Ben, I was like, okay, nobody commented on my post except for one person, and they didn't like my post, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> And he was like, you're finally getting it. Because I'm, I'm a little bit externally motivated. Right. Um, and, and it was this moment of, you know, just getting to where I'm like, I don't have to be perfect at things. I need right. to learn right. and what I learn use. Um, so it, it's going. It's a transition. Writing is not great for me. You know, I was able to uh, co- uh, author some chapters last year, and I'm working on a chapter this year for a book. But it, it's... Yeah it's an experience it's, it's you know ups and downs but I'm liking it
0: <laughs> yeah you know I, I I definitely I feel you I mean like I definitely I graduated with my doctor about two years ago and for me that whole going back to school experience first of all there's blackboard which they didn't have when I went, got my master's <laughs> right. discussion boards and like I was just I, it was a huge learning curve for me so I, I definitely yeah I definitely hear you um Thank you so much for being on our podcast. I really appreciate it. If anyone wants to reach out to Melissa, they can reach her on Twitter at mTiltonOTA, on Facebook at Melissa Tilton, and on Instagram at Melissa Tilton underscore OTA. Thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing. And I wish you lots of luck in your program and all that you do.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful. And it's great to connect with you a little bit of outside of the other world. So I hope to see you soon.
0: Sure, sure. Have a great day.
1: (laughs) You too. Take
0: care.
1: I hope you enjoyed this
0: podcast. Thank you to the student contributors. If you liked it, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. You can also follow us on social media, on Facebook at MyOTJourney and on Instagram at MyOTJourneyPodcast. Thanks for listening. Go OT!